But uh, yeah, uh, I'm Bobby Navia. And I am Dorian Weinzimmer. And this is The Couch. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 53. Believe me, 52 will show up. It'll happen. Or this will be 52, and then yeah. the next one will be 53. Same with, know. like, uh, what, episode 29? Yeah. Was it? The Venom episode? The Venom episode. Still the lost episode. The lost episode. Yeah. yeah. It's not really lost. It's just Maybe when we Maybe incomplete. when we eventually, like, do a, a live pod, like, that'll... <laughs> we'll just we're just gonna sit there and play we'll, episode twenty nine. <laughs> our live podcast will be us coming out and sitting silently while we play a pre recorded show. Yeah, cool. I like that. Yeah, yeah. You can sit there and read. You're like, yeah, no, you know, we, we were like, sure, we could spend a bunch of time like rehearsing this so that we like get it right, you know, on stage, or just fucking record it, nail it, and just give you guys the show That's you deserve. Right. Yeah, we can just milly vanilli this. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We could lip sync. Mm -hmm. We could pretend we're talking the entire time. Oh, my God. That'd be the best. Yeah. That'd be the best. Um, So this episode, uh, we don't really have a specific trailer to review today. We're just going to do a little chit chat. We're going to catch up. Yeah. Because you know what's coming out? Jack shit. Uh, well, no, well, Avengers yeah, is out no, this ev- right. Okay. But everyone else in the world was like, let's not release a movie for a month. <laughs> this is true. Because, right. I mean, yeah, you'd be a fucking idiot yeah. to release a movie right now. Um, so uh, so yeah, we're just gonna catch up on stuff that we've uh, watched while we have over these past couple of weeks. Yeah, I actually got a couple things. Okay, I got some, I got some uh, hot takes. <laughs> Bobby's got some hot takes to I got share. Some hot takes. I got some randomness. All right, um, but yeah, we're just gonna have a little chit chat for sure. It's gonna be a chit chat episode, so get ready. All right, I'm gonna kick it off. All right, with I saw Hellboy. <laughs> oh Jesus. I was going to have, actually yesterday I was thinking about this, and I was like, I want to ask Bobby if he's seen Hellboy. Yes. All right. Lay it on me. see Hellboy. I decided to do a, uh, I went to the Regal Theater on Western Avenue mm-hmm. over here, um, <clears throat> and I ended up doing, on Tuesdays is like their, their like cheapy days, uh-huh. you know? And uh, I decided to, it just so happened that the time I got there, I was in time to like do an IMAX screening. Oh, okay. Which the IMAX ticket is a, a bit uh, lowered as well. So I was just like, let's really do this. Yeah. Let's really just get the full. <laughs> let's get the full Hellboy. Get here. the full Marshall. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. So um, the presentation of it was really nice. Uh, the one criticism I have is that the, you know how when you go to like regular, we've gone to like IMAX, like at Navy Pier. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just like the, a big chunk of the middle of the screen. So there's still black on the top right, and on the yeah. bottom right. But if they shoot it with IMAX cameras, it's the full screen. Right. So this one's kind of like a what like on social media they call it like a Limax. It's just like a kind of like a bigger screen. Okay. It's not. <laughs> it's not. Navy Pier here in Chicago has like a traditional IMAX. Screen. Yeah, with the like one point three to one aspect ratio or mm-hmm. something like that. It's right. A little different than like the one point three three to one full frame. Right. But exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. around there. Mm-hmm. And so other theaters that have IMAXs are just like a a bit more of a bigger screen. Mm-hmm. It's not like the traditional IMAX screen. Right. So they call it like a Limax. Yep. <laughs> so anyways, my only criticism is it just didn't look like the actual uh, the actual movie itself was framed in the center. Okay. <laughs> so like there was a bit more black on the top than yeah. there was the bottom. But it didn't, it, so it, you felt like you were kind of looking just a bit dumb. Uh huh. Yeah. So that was weird. <laughs> okay. And I was like, every once in a while, my my eye line would be just drawn to the black, and I was like, 
Ah, fuck. Yeah. No, it's a, that asymmetry on those things can be really distracting. Yeah. You wouldn't so, you wouldn't think so, but it really is. Yeah. So I was really disappointed in that. But other than that, like the sound was great. You know, it, mm-hmm. it was cool to see it big like that. I got a lot more of the detail. Oh yeah. The finite detail. Those, uh, those, uh, yeah, in, intensely minute decisions that Neil Marshall was making in the course of directing this film. Okay, so I'm going to tell you that I did not like this movie. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but I'm just going to say, like, I'm probably going to, like, shit talk it a lot right now. Good. But it's just not my thing. Like, this, this movie, the direction they went, it's just not my thing. But the potential for something they were going for mm-hmm. is really clearly there, and it's, like, kind of a bummer that it's not, you know, better. Okay. Right. So, um, so basically, uh, the story is pretty straightforward from the trailer, right? Blood Queen comes back, wants Hellboy to be her man, take over the world, mm-hmm. and become uh, uh, Amun Ra, which is like his, you know, the name in Hell that he's given that he's going to destroy the world, right? Oh, the Egyptian sun god. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think it's Amun Ra. I think it's Amun Ra. Anyways, uh, the interesting thing about this movie was was it's like main, not a plot twist, but like they give you more of like an origin to Hellboy. And I've never read any of the Hellboy comics or any of the BPRD comics, so I don't know if this is actually from there as well or okay. just made up for the movie. But the opening of the movie starts with uh, King Arthur and Merlin uh, being the people who uh, take down the Blood Queen first. And they chop up her body and put it in boxes and send it off to the far corners of the world. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, and, um, <clears throat> and so uh, towards the end of this movie... Uh, they go and like dig up Merlin, who's like kind of just like a withering corpse in in a box, mm-hmm. you know, and and he comes alive and basically tells Hellboy like what he's meant to do and his lineage, right? And he's just like, well, King Arthur like had a bunch of kids, had a bunch of like daughters and shit, and one of these descendants, you know, fucked the devil, mm. and you were born. Okay. So Hellboy is a direct descendant of King Arthur. Okay. In this movie. <laughs> And the only weapon that can destroy the Blood Queen is Excalibur. And he's the only one that can take the sword out of the stone okay. in this movie yeah. to defeat her. <laughs> right? So at this point, like, mind you, this movie, it wasn't two and a half hours. It was two hours. But, like, it felt like two and a half hours. Uh-huh. And by the time <laughs> we got to this point, I was like, wow, you guys are just really, you are really going for it. You are just trying to, like, yeah. Do this, yeah. <laughs> like I put my head down and kind of laughed. Like, really? Is yeah. this where we're going, King yeah. Arthur? They like, are trying to do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So, anyways, uh, yeah. There's a lot of random, like in the trailers, there was like those scenes with like all of like the giants that he was fighting and everything like that. Um, it means nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, um, the the the. Um, it's just hey, we need to liven things up at this part of the movie. Pretty much, yeah. you know, they, they go through his whole, like, backstory again, which is exactly the same as it was in the first Guillermo del Toro movie. Okay. Like, exactly the same. You know, it just looks more comic booky, I guess. You okay. Know? Even the guy, like, the Rasputin guy, uh, is, it looks, it's, it's almost like they got the same actor. It's not the same actor, <laughs> but he's got a beard, a big jacket on, he's bald, mm-hmm. like, the whole nine. And okay. I was just like, you couldn't even change this guy's look up. It's the exact same thing. Just cuts to a shot from Hellboy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it actually would have been better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, 
<clears throat> or Hellboy 2002 or what do we have to call it that now? I, I guess. Or so. is that just Hellboy and then this is Hellboy 2019? I think that's more. I think that's that's more accurate. Yeah. yeah. This is definitely this definitely sounds like Hellboy 2019. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It Not is. just as like a convenient way of, uh, you know, differentiating it from the Del Toro Hellboy, but like. Right. In attitude, in execution, <laughs> it's Hellboy 2019. Right. Um, some of the creature effects in the movie are, are pretty cool. Okay. They just uh, I feel like the movie takes a very like Blade 2 approach to its world building. Okay. Like like Hellboy is really not hiding at all like he's out there and all the locations that he does go to like um you know he's just out in the open right so i kind of like that aspect of it where it's just like okay we're living in this world where he doesn't need to hide that's something that's different from the del toro movies um but um the uh the parts in the trailer with the with the giants there's like a there's like this organization that wants help and so they ask him to help like with this like giant hunt, mm-hmm. but the double cross is like these people are actually trying to kill Hellboy. They actually try to like assassinate him because they know he's going to bring about the end of the world. Or okay. Whatever. So, um, so it had a it had a little bit of like you know story to it, which was fine. But like you know, this movie could have been like an hour thirty and still been you know I'm not mm-hmm. gonna say it was good, but yeah. like I got it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right. There's a lot of people that want you At least dead. been more succinct. Yeah. Yeah, you know. And so um <clears throat> Mila Jovovich is really not that good in it as as the Blood Queen, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um it was cool to have like a like a female villain, you know. Uh and uh, some of the parts were like when they have like all her body parts and they're like stitching her together like um look really really cool, you know what I mean? And okay. um she's got like this henchman that's like a giant uh um it's a giant boar pretty much and uh you can tell like the the entire like suit like from the neck down is an actual person in the suit and they just like animated his face because he like talks and everything so um like the movie had like the movie has the potential to be like this really cool like midnight movie creature feature kind of thing but it just like relies too heavily like on like digital blood and like Mm. all these really giant big scenes of like action where you're just like you don't you don't need me to you don't need this to convince me that this world exists right you know what i mean like you can do it like on a much like smaller level in a dark cd sure and it seemed like a yeah like in a lot of ways too that yeah their reach really exceeded their grasp in a lot of ways with that type of stuff because they didn't have the budget to do that kind of giant cgi world building in any kind of Mm -mm. you know uh, yeah convincing way yeah no um, yeah, which is unfortunate. It's like just not knowing how to properly utilize a budget that it's just like, no, we have to just like swing for the fences yeah. and go for these like big epic, like wide shots of all this crazy shit happening when we don't have the money for that. Yeah, exactly. And then you end up with like a fucking, you know, an important piece of production design, namely Hellboy's, you know, arm, which yeah. looks like fucking garbage. <laughs> like, <laughs> cause you had no money left to spend on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, at least just what I saw in the trailer, like, you know, all the makeup and it just looked so janky. Yeah. Um, I also love that, you know, you just comparing the world building to Blade 2 made me crack up in my head because it's like, <laughs> so for Neil Marshall, that's what constitutes creativity is like, <laughs> I'm doing Hellboy, but I'm ripping off a Guillermo del Toro movie that's not Hellboy. Yeah, right, yeah. That's where I'm making my mark on this. <laughs> um, but uh, one of the the only highlight of the movie for me was um, the moment where they go uh, back in time to like just show you how Hellboy was born again. Mm-hmm. You know, um, 
when that happens, um, <clears throat> there's a character that is an American that like ambushes the whole. Because uh, you know how in the original Del Toro movie it was like Professor Broom and all those soldier soldiers, right? That sort right. of like ambush, you know, the science experiment that's going on mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, it's the same thing, but it's just this one American soldier. And I was pleasantly surprised to see that it was Lobster Johnson played by Thomas Hayden Church. Oh, okay. fucking awesome in the movie. <laughs> like, it's just this, like, I don't know, maybe five, seven minute scene that he's in. But it's he's really fucking good. He's incredibly hammy, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I found myself wishing that there was just a BPRD movie with, like, Lobster Johnson, like, in the 50s, you know, going after you know, uh, like all this paranormal shit. Okay. Cause his <laughs> outfit is really cool too. It's just, it's, it's kind of, kind of looks like the rocketeer Oh, okay. a little bit like the jacket's got like the buttons down the side or whatever. Yeah. It's kind of like a fighter pilot. Um, but he just has a big like lobster claw logo, like on his chest. Mm. And what he does is he, he has this, like, uh, he has this thing in his hand where he, he burns a lobster claw, <laughs> like <laughs> emblem into people's heads. And he's just like, this is so the devil knows who, like, sent you. You know what I mean? It's, uh-huh. like, really hammy dialogue. And it's just the guy going, like, ah! And he's got, like, this lobster claw burned into his head. Um, but he's just, like, shooting people. You know what I mean? So uh, he was really awesome in the movie. Like, I loved his character. Okay. But it's the only time he shows up. He doesn't show up. He shows up again at, like, uh, as an end credits, like, sting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not too funny, but his his part in the movie was really, really really good he's so. got a little bit of a, a little bit of a past i guess well now this would be the second one at least that i can think of with yeah being the one redeeming part of a really bad superhero movie because he was sandman and spider-man 3 he was really good in that and movie. he was really good was, yeah, yeah no his character actually i mean also like his character was actually like you know written yeah <laughs> <laughs> which i can't say for any of the other characters no, in spider-man no, 3 yeah um so yeah he actually had something to do mm-hmm. as an actor and like as a character in that movie <laughs> um so you know and and he ran with it and did a really good job with it but then this is what it sounds like as well is uh yeah a god-awful movie that he just had a little something to work with and he just took it and fucking made the most out of it yeah like, no. well whatever i'm gonna come out of this being the one thing people compliment you know <laughs> yeah it was really good i kind of <laughs> wish people would would uh <clears throat> I've read some reviews. I haven't really seen too many, like too many people like point him out, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but if they ever decide to like move forward with any more like Hellboy esque movies, like I think I would actually, I wouldn't mind if, you know, the character of Hellboy was taken completely off the table uh-huh. and we just make a, a, a movie about the Bureau, uh, the Bureau for Paranormal Research and, you know, defense mm-hmm. and uh, just have some, those characters like just human characters who are kind of like heroes and maybe like a psychic or some shit like that. sure yeah um <clears throat> so that might actually be kind of cool because his character was pretty neat uh the supporting characters in the movie they're all right you know what i mean like after the movie came out like there was all these reports that like david harbour and the producers and the director like they were all at odds with each other so like going into the movie like that like a lot of hellboy's outbursts i <laughs> part mm-hmm. of me was just like i wonder what take this is yeah he's probably <laughs> genuinely pissed off right now like his <laughs> character is in this movie uh so um, it's your own fault for signing on to a movie directed by neil marshall i mean you know it's gonna know what you're getting into it's a big yeah. bummer um so the last thing i'll say about it is this really weird effect that they do 
in this movie where um Sa- is it her name the actress is Sasha Lane right? yeah 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 so Sasha Lane um <clears throat> is in the movie and she plays uh, she pretty much a medium mm-hmm. and so um and she can do this thing where like if uh, somebody's uh, just died uh, she can kind of she places her hand on their head and she can sort of like conjure their soul before it's like gone oh okay but the way it's conjured is really fucking weird <laughs> it's basically this like giant uh, like mucus tentacle that comes out of her mouth and then like the person that she's conjuring like manifests itself at the end of this like mucus thing okay from, like the waist up and like talks but it's just like her in the corner with her mouth open like <laughs> <laughs> like it's really fucking weird okay and so they do it once in the movie and i was just like well that was fucking that didn't work crazy <laughs> So then they decide to do it again uh-huh. at the end. Because, oh, I love um, it when they double down. Oh, man, because yeah. Ian McShane dies in this movie because our, our hero God needs... damn it. Our hero needs a, you know, something a to A reason fight to for. care, yeah. yeah. So, um, and this is when he's, um, you know, he's got the sword, the horns, you know, that, that, that shot in the trailer where he's, like, walking up uh, and he's all on fire and shit. And... Uh, Basically, Sasha Lane like conjures the spirit, and it's Ian McShane like at the end of this <laughs> weird mucus tentacle, <laughs> having like this father son conversation with Hellboy, and it's supposed to be like really emotional and like real, just sort of like yeah, I love you, Hellboy. And I'm watching this, and I'm like, what the fuck <laughs> am I watching right now? This is just like. <laughs> It was weird, dude. This doesn't work, guys. I felt like I had an out-of-body experience. Like, uh-huh. I'm sitting here <laughs> watching Ian McShane, you know, like, at the end of this mucus tentacle, uh, trying to have a father-son moment, and it was just... It's really it's really a shame what these people do to great actors. I would have uh, appreciated just a, a rip-off of a Force Ghost. Yeah. Like, just give me Ian McShane with some blue sure, stuff. Yeah. Just you know do what? It. Yeah. Don't let's not overcomplicate this. Guys. No. Yeah. You're already stretching your budget pretty thin. Yeah. <laughs> or you know what? Like, if she can do this, if this is her ability, why not just use her her body? Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it, it, I guess it's kind of lame and it's simple, but just Ian McShane's voice coming out of, you know, Sasha Lane's body. Right. Probably would have been enough. Yeah, white out her eyes like fucking Aquaman in Justice (laughs) League. Yeah, Yeah, right. She's blind out of the water or some (laughs) shit. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, um, all right, shoot me with shoot me with one of yours. What's one of your randomness? Um, Well, I've been uh, I haven't had a chance to watch a lot over the past couple of weeks. I was busy. Yeah, um, you're doing working on a music music video, video. which has been postponed, unfortunately. Well, thankfully not canceled, but uh, merely postponed. So, yeah, and actually we're going to expand the project a bit. Nice. And, um, yeah, pr- uh, potentially do a bit more with these musicians than just the one video. Might even do two videos. Oh. We'll see. So, um, so anyway, so, yeah, it's going to be a good thing. But, yeah, it got pushed off for a couple of weeks after, like, you know, or got pushed off for a couple of months after the past several weeks of just sort of, like, nonstop insanity and trying to get this thing together um, uh, on a short timeline. So, anyway, uh, that ate into a lot of my film viewing time, um, which, uh, you know, is want to happen. But I did get to, once the postponement happened, I was just sort of like... <laughs> the floodgates open. All right. 
It's like that scene in The Shining when yeah. all the blood starts coming from right. the elevator. <laughs> yeah, no, it, well, it's funny because Criterion Channel launched on oh, yeah, April eighth. Right. Okay. Which and I've you know I've of course had the app like downloaded and ready to go. I did the charter subscription a while ago, yeah. and I watched. They were doing a series of movies. Um, uh, one movie a week on their website that if you sign up for this charter subscription that like you could log into the website and you could watch one free movie per week that they were putting up there. Okay. So I'd watched a couple of those. One of them is really good noir film called Detour um, that they just did a, a proper like disc release of as well. It was really, really fucking good. Nice. Um, yeah, apparently one of these sort of uh, kind of like storied films that, you know, when it came out, it made a bit of a splash, but then, you know, just... You know, it's from like the 40s or 50s, and film at that time, you know, was just especially like lower budget or like more independently produced film, you know, and film just itself being such a volatile medium, it was not always like that really well preserved. Right. Movies could like disappear or yeah. like get lost, you know, or whatever. But apparently, this movie's had a reputation, and I don't know if there were like original elements like recently discovered that they were able to do a proper restoration of, but this movie, this criterion release of this film detour was like apparently something a lot of people have been waiting for for a while. Oh, okay. Um, because, yeah, this movie's got... It's known as being this really hard to find and, you know, traditionally, I think, like, incomplete as well. That okay. if you saw it, it was, like, missing things. Gotcha. There was even one they uh, mentioned on the uh, the beginning of the film, some notes on the restoration, mm -hmm. that uh, there was, like, one scene that they could not find the negative of whatsoever, and they had to use uh, interpositive from some, like, French collector huh. who had a print of this movie, <laughs> you know, that was kind of beat up and stuff, yeah. but usually they go back to the negative because you can clean that up a lot better. Right. Um, but they had to go to an interpositive of the film for this one scene that, oh, like, shit. kind of whatever damage is there, you're kind of stuck with. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there was one scene that you did <laughs> notice all of a sudden there was, like, a noticeable drop yeah. in, like, quality. <laughs> but it was, like, that's it. You know, we searched the world. Yeah. And, like, you know, we had to the, – the negative came from, like, two different sources even because uh -huh. they had to, like, piece together basically the movie oh, and, um, and all that. But – it was really cool. It was a really good noir film. Had you know just all the, all the elements you would you would want from a noir movie. Like mm -hmm. you know just yeah, very great snappy dialogue. Yeah. Um. You know, really cool. Just sort of black and white charoscuro kind of compositions. Okay. And um. And you know just a really cool like kind of you know fate taking the driver's seat kind of story that like noir usually has because okay. a lot of noir like you know the the main character in order to be sympathetic, always had to find themselves on the wrong side of the law as the course of some sort of like accident okay. or misunderstanding or like momentary lapse of judgment. Mm. Um, Cause you know, the production code days, it was heavily, heavily regulated, like what you could or could not show or depict in movies right, right. back in those days. So if your character was going to be on the wrong side of the law, you kind of had to be, they couldn't be like a criminal who like gleefully like robbed a place, yeah, you know, because yeah. the production code, they wouldn't allow that shit because okay. it was like glorifying it, you know, and all that. So, so all these noir films always have this element of like, you know, a lot of them, it's the private eye mm -hmm. who's investigating a crime right. and then somehow gets entangled in it. Mm -hmm. um, or it's sort of just like a down on their luck, every man who just kind of wrong place at the wrong time, you okay. know, or like, you know, a, a situation that he thinks he can harmlessly take advantage of ends up having like very long 
far-reaching consequences that he couldn't foresee. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's always that kind of setup to those movies. You've either got the private eye or the guy who gets wrapped up in some shit he didn't mean <laughs> to get wrapped up in. <laughs> Detour is definitely column B with the guy who just down on his luck gets wrapped up in some shit. Mm-hmm. And um series of coincidences uh, result in, in a unfavorable predicament for him. All right. Um, but it's really cool, and also, you know, a lot of these movies, too, were, like, pretty low budget, so they had to do, you know, they had, like, a minimalist approach to things. Okay. And that's where a lot of, like, stylization of noir films came from as yeah. well. It was just kind of, like, you know, they weren't getting big budget studio dollars to make these movies. These were sort of, like, you know, they were much like the, you know, sort of uh, uh, written fiction that a lot of them were derived from. They mm-hmm. were sort of, like, cheap, you know, dime store paperback novels. Oh, okay. You know, that's yeah, kind yeah. of how these movies were treated, too. Right, it was right. just, like, you know, it's a cheap thrills Mm -hmm. for just the masses yeah um so but you know they ended up developing so anyway so this movie detour you know was a really really cool one but as soon as this postponement happened that was like literally the first thought through my head was like well i can watch some shit on criterion channel (laughs) so um i haven't i still haven't done as much as i like because there was there was some sort of cleanup work i needed to do afterwards to like put things yeah yeah you know where they needed to be so they could be picked up again in like a month when we um you know start start moving forward with it again but um so i've been busy with that and then i need to you know get some other shit going so i've got some other gigs uh you know that i'm working out but um but anyway uh so we on Friday this this postponement happened last week Thursday okay and then on Friday uh, Hannah my wife got out of work a little bit early and she was like hey do you it was really nice out yeah. she was like do you want to just meet me by the train and let's just go do some day drinking and just like bar hop our way home <laughs> nice I was like fuck yeah why not I, I literally. I, my schedule for the next five days was <laughs> jam packed and is now completely empty. Awesome. So yeah, I was like, "Fuck it, why not?" So we went out, had a few drinks, got some lunch, and all that type of stuff. Walked, uh, went down to Southport, like by the Music Box, okay. and sort of like our old neighborhood yeah, where yeah. we used to live. So it was cool going to some of the old restaurants and bars and stuff over there. And uh, but then we got back, and I had recently gotten a blu-ray copy of a little movie called hard ticket to hawaii oh shit the andy sedaris milestone of cinema (laughs) hard ticket to hawaii um which if y'all don't know about hard ticket can i tell you that i don't know you don't you've never seen it i've never seen it wow tyler hasn't made you watch that damn no tell tyler to bring his copy this weekend he sent me a picture i'll text him today okay yeah yeah. no tell him to bring it (laughs) tell him you've never seen it and he'll just be like i'm bringing it yeah (laughs) Okay. <laughs> Cuz that's going to happen. Yeah. Um Hard Ticket to Hawaii is a wonderful movie from the 80s, late 80s, I want to say early 90s maybe. Right. I'll say 80s. Um sort of uh, in 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 line with the tradition of films such as like Miami Connection, Oh, okay. Dangerous Men. All right. And it's just sort of like super schlocky, you know, rip off of just like everything that was going on in the 80s. Yeah. It's just like martial arts, like cocaine, Uzis, uh, you know, beach bods. Nice. Uh, you know, just all this shit. And like Andy Sedaris, the producer, the writer, director of this film, mm-hmm. I should say. <laughs> um, you know, his approach to all of this was basically like, let's just get a couple like Playboy centerfolds okay. and like some super hot guy from like daytime soap operas. Yeah. 
because they'll work cheap, you know, and they don't get a lot of like movie offers, right? You know, and so I can get them, and then I've got like my sex appeal, I've got like my poster art, you know, yeah. like two big titted chicks with like a ripped <laughs> muscular dude with guns, you know. That's just that's what these movies are. Yeah, and um, so uh, anyway, uh, Hard Ticket to Hawaii also has this incredible. So it deals with like you know the, in Hawaii, like these people are trafficking drugs across the islands and stuff. Okay. And these people, uh, these two women that are, you know, cargo, that fly cargo uh, planes, planes, like charter planes, who apparently, like, fly cargo and also occasionally, like, couples on honeymoon to, like, remote islands. Like, as a know? cover? No, no it's no, just, just part of what they do. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's part of their job. Sweet. But, um, but they unwittingly, you know, get involved in the middle of this, like, drug trafficking operation. That's when everything goes awry. Okay. But in the middle of all of this, there's also a radioactive snake. What? Yeah. Yeah. It's just was being transported. And somebody mixes up the snake boxes because, like, you know, like a, um, a forklift, like, bumps into one. Ah. It's a great scene of just visual exposition of a forklift slowly, like, <laughs> clearly trying to position itself to accidentally rip this, like, warning sign off <laughs> the crate. And... Um, yeah, you know, it's just it's just wonderful, like, you know, no talent, no budget filmmaking. <laughs> nice. Um, with just, you know, they just try to go for, like, whatever, explosions, rocket launchers. Like, they've got it all, yeah. you know? And it's, like, literally, like, guys in a Corvette, like, just pulling a rocket launcher out of the back <laughs> and, like, shooting, you know, yes. at shit. It's just, it's that type of movie. Um, I don't know what you call that other than just, like, 80s fucking awesomeness. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, this movie's great. They did, uh, I don't remember which company did it. They just put out two of this guy's Andy Sedaris, uh, Malibu Express uh -huh. and Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Both just got Blu-ray releases. Yeah. And they, uh, they did 4k scans oh of like the original film <laughs> and everything. <laughs> the best part though, is they did absolutely nothing to try to touch up the audio. And oh, really? I, yeah. I don't know if they could, you know, yeah. cause like this shit obviously was like, you know, his whole, his priorities on set were like, I don't fuck, it doesn't fucking matter what anyone's saying because we're going to like overdub this right, right. or whatever. But like, as long as the titty is in focus, <laughs> like that's all Andy Sedaris really cares about. And it's like, oh, I don't know, whatever, whatever. The titty's in perfect focus. This yeah. is great. Roll it, guys. <laughs> Cut, print it. We're moving on, you know? So... So, you know, the location audio is terrible. It's like you hear when people are talking, you hear like the ducking of like all of the background noise. Oh. So it's like right before somebody talks, you hear this like, you know, kind of like <laughs> fade in behind their audio. Yeah, and when yeah. they're done talking, it fades out. <laughs> or it's just like horrible ADR. That's just like all of a sudden, like it's right in front of your face, that's you know, hilarious. like, um, so yeah, it's, you know, the, the, that was that was what they cared about when making this film. Yeah, right. um, you know, the, the level of prioritization and uh, uh, on, on the set was, you know, was relegated strictly to just are the tits in focus yeah. and everything else doesn't really matter that much. Um, so, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's really like a loosely strung together set of sequences where women for no reason take their tops off. Okay. Um, they even, they try to make it, they try to make each scene give them a reason, but usually it's like, no, yeah. that still was just like a completely illogical <laughs> leap, you know, in this conversation from like this being said to this comment to like, now I'm taking my towel off. Yeah. You know? Um, so, it, you know, I hadn't seen this movie in a while and it was still, 
an absolute blast to watch. And the snake is just like one of the best bad. It's like clearly just like a, a like snake that's on like a guy's arm. Okay. And he's just got like his hand in the mouth and yeah, it's just like just making it, it like, nice. <laughs> like, um, so it's pretty great. But, uh, watching it more recently, it was, there was a little bit of like a year of the dragon esque kind of quality to it. Oh. We're just like watching it in the current like climate yeah. and everything. It felt, uh, it felt a little like grossly pervy okay. at times. Yeah. Cause like what's so great about dangerous men and Miami connection yeah. and what I think makes a lot of just so bad it's good kind of movies actually work mm-hmm. is that they, they need to have this sort of like innocence to them that like the people making the movie legitimately believe they're making like a great movie. Oh, oh yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. that's what gives it this quality of like, yeah, you know, they're not just doing it as like a rip off, like cash in or whatever. Like they think like legitimately, like this is what people want. You guys, yeah. like we have a vision. We're making a real movie. Like Miami connection, the whole movie you can tell like they are so hyped about like the movie they're fucking making together, yeah. you know, it's and that's fucking labor of love. Yeah. Like, and just, that's yeah. what's so awesome yeah. about it. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, when they're just like, you know, everybody's trying to make it schlocky, then it's just like gotcha. shit, you know, but, and hard ticket to Hawaii Definitely. Like they definitely are making the movie they want to make. And it yeah. has that element to it. But at the same time, like, there's also just this, you can feel the whole time, like Andy Sedaris, the writer director, is actually just wants to like pay women to take their clothes off. Okay. Like, you know, and, and like sometimes you're watching certain scenes in the movie and you're like, I just, yeah, it just feels a little gross. You know, like I, I can't just like enjoy this as just like a fun eighties, like woo topless scene, you know? (laughs) Right. Cause it just, I can feel like the director, like leering, you know, behind the camera and just being like, yeah, "Yeah, get your titties out, you know, (laughs) like shake them around a bit. And it's just like, oh, it's a little gross. Yeah, that's you know, pretty it's gross. a little gross. Um, but yeah, the movie's charms are such that, like, you know, I'm not gonna let that get me down. <laughs> 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 but still, it, you know, I, 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 I would still put, you know, like, like Miami Connection and Dangerous Men above, above Hard Ticket to Hawaii okay. on that sort of, yeah, within that that plane of of cinema. <laughs> yeah. Um, mostly for that reason. Cause like this, this one does feel a little bit like exploitative in a way. Yeah. And again, like, you know, and I, at the same time, like, you know, the, the women too, that are in it are, they're playboy centerfolds. Oh, okay. you know, it's yeah. not so like they're, yeah. they're like these young struggling actresses who just moved from like, you know, Kentucky Wyoming yeah, yeah, to Hollywood and got sucked in by this smooth talking, you know, <laughs> Uh, hairy chested gold chain wearing yeah. producer who was just like, yeah, I'll put you in a movie, you know? Oh God. It, yeah. It, it, it doesn't feel as like, you know, Harvey Weinstein ish mm-hmm. as I may have made it out to be. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's still, you know, it had a little bit of that. All right. A little bit of that vibe to it. All right. But yeah, again, I was like, wait, these are, these are like centerfolds, you yeah. know, they're, they're used to taking their clothes off and Doing we're hired thing. for that, you Doing know, this kind of thing. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to watch that. So yeah, no, definitely hit up Tyler about it. Um, yeah, I'll have to get him to. But uh, bring it on back. So yeah, so that was fun. Um, yeah, watch some Joe Bob. We yeah, we've been doing Joe Bob on Shutter, which is amazing. If you don't have Shutter, oh man, it's fucking great. Get Shutter. Yeah, I mean, for this alone would be like worth it. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, everything else on there too is so fucking great. But yeah, Joe Bob's had some some real wonderful selections, some gems. Every every single movie he's played, I've never seen. Oh, really? Oh, damn. Yeah. Every single movie he's done, I've never seen. So 
I still have to go back and watch. Um, I just haven't watched uh, Wing Q, the Wing Serpent yet. Oh, yeah. Because I want to watch it, mm-hmm. you know, with Joe Bob. I don't want to just put it on. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was good. But I haven't watched <laughs> I that. hadn't seen that one before. I liked it a lot. Yeah, so I haven't watched that one yet, you know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, everything he's played that, I, I, that I've watched so far, I haven't, I haven't seen. So, like, Chud. Mm-hmm. Madman and and I've enjoyed all of them. Yeah. Deathgasm, uh, Society. Uh, I haven't seen Society. That was part of. The oh, you Q haven't watched one. that one? No, I haven't oh, watched that one. Shit. That was oh, the that's Q. right. It was yeah. Q and Society. Society. Yeah. So I gotta still do that. Damn. That double. Yeah. Because I know you you dig Society. So I, I love like, I Society. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a great movie. So I gotta do that. One. <laughs> um, I recently went to go. Uh, I went to the movies on Tuesday last last week. They put uh, on. On Twitter, uh, the movie Fast Color, oh um, yeah, got put into theaters this past weekend, and it will probably be gone tonight or tomorrow, mm-hmm. given that Avengers it will be out. Um, and it was just in one weekend. Uh, Lionsgate as a whole put the movie out, but it was like a like a one of their like subsidiary companies called uh, Code Black Films. Um, oh okay, put it out yeah uh, as well, and so. Um, but uh, it the only theater it was playing in in Chicago was uh, the Icon. Oh, okay. It was the only theater it was playing at, and uh, a few other theaters. I think maybe like out in like the suburbs, but just the Icon. So I went to go see that again uh, with one of my friends who hadn't who she hadn't seen it, and I just kept like talking it up, and she really loved it. And it's it's a big bummer that this movie just didn't get like a wider release. Or, or anything like that. Uh-huh. Uh, I actually saw one uh, guy who I like to read on Twitter. He was just like, if Lionsgate would have used some of that Hellboy money <laughs> to actually promote this movie, we might be, you know, this movie probably would have, you know, it's more deserving of like a wider release. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, and given that, like, you know, we're on the precipice of one of the biggest superhero movies to come out, it's, it's, you know, I wouldn't call Fast Color a superhero movie. Um, but it definitely has, you know, the DNA of one, but it's telling a more personable story. It's more about people than it is about like the powers okay, kind of yeah. thing. And so, um, and it's also, you know, about, it's a story about, you know, uh, a generation of family, a generation of women, black women who have these particular abilities and just sort of how they are, you know, how they deal with them. But it's about, you know, a, a mother, a daughter and like their grandmother and, and all this stuff. And it's a really nice, small little movie. I saw it last year at Music Box for the Critics Film Festival. Critics Film yeah. Festival. And it was awesome, you know, but um, it's kind of a bummer that it just had this week weekend and week run. And it's probably just going to get dumped on VOD. Mm-hmm. But uh, please, if the 40 people who listen yeah <laughs> you all need to rent this movie and just talk it up it's such a good movie it's a really 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 good movie and it's definitely like one of my favorites uh so i saw that again uh i actually watched horror noir again on oh nice on shutter uh which i really dug and then um what do you call it it actually reminded me to tell you like carve out some time to watch ganja and hess yeah it's um, on my list on yeah. shutter but yeah i really do need to do that and so um so i did that and then uh i started watching um unsolved which is a usa show that is the first season is on is on uh, netflix mm-hmm. and i went home last week and i hung out with ivan yeah and uh so we were catching up and he he's like oh do you want to watch this and it's it's the it's a it's a 
It's a narrative about the Tupac and Biggie murders. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. It's got like Josh Jamal in it. and um, Yeah, and um, what's that guy? I uh, can't remember that guy's name that was on. I think he plays like one of the detectives on it. Yes. Uh, he was in like House of Cards and he was on Westworld. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I know what you're talking about. Um, I'll have to look up his name right now. Uh, he's really good in the show. I didn't want to watch it because I just I don't like watching things about like the Biggie and the Tupac mm-hmm. murders because you know. And it was funny because Ivan was just like, "You don't want to watch this, man." I was like, "No, dude. Like the ending of it is in the title. It's unsolved. Yeah, right. I know how this <laughs> ends. Like every ten years, there's something. You know, mm-hmm. we just regurgitate yeah. the same we thing. Say, yeah, we yeah. we spend another ten hours saying we still don't know. <laughs> <All right. laughs> And so, uh, so we there's another like Jean Benet Ramsey thing that's yeah. coming out. So I'm like, you guys, we don't <laughs> like it's just it's a tragedy, but like we don't know, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so he put the first episode on, and I got I got kind of into it, and I've just been watching it now, <laughs> which I'm like, God damn it. Um, but I like the structure of the show; it's really interesting. Uh, the uh, the character that like because I think the both of them were like murdered in like the early 90s like 93 somewhere around there like Tupac and right. Biggie. yeah and so then um the show picks up in like 97 where there is a detective his name is russ russ pool mm-hmm. um who is the guy that we're trying to think of his name right now yeah um and uh, he's actually really 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 good in the show and he's handed the the biggie murder and he's the guy who actually uh comes to the conclusion that he believes the lapd is uh you know covering it up Mm-hmm. Because there were uh, off-duty police officers who would work for uh, like Suge Knight's security uh, when you know when they weren't you know on duty and stuff, and so these are the connections that he makes, and it becomes kind of an obsession for him. And then there is a present-day story in 2006 that has Josh Dumal's character, where like his police captain is putting, allowing him to create a task force to go over all the Biggie stuff because uh, Biggie's mother is suing the city of Los Angeles. Okay. And so it's another attempt 10 years later to try and figure out like who, who killed, you know, who killed Biggie. So there's that investigation. And then there's also a third storyline, which we're seeing like actors that are playing Tupac and Biggie and, you know, Suge Knight actually, you know, reenact some of these like classic, uh, you know, this sh- you know this shootout at a at a you know recording you know place mm-hmm. or this or that you know things that we know from classic the beef. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, like like they're not like you know e channel reenactments. You know, uh-huh. but you know they're they've they have a little bit more production value to them. Jimmy than Simpson. <laughs> yeah, right. Is that his name? Jimmy. Oh, it might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Something it, like that. It might be. Sorry, uh, it just like popped in my head. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up right now, but. Um, but yeah, no. Um, the structure to it is uh, it sounds really confusing. I think like as I'm talking about all the different stories that are are going on, mm-hmm. but like uh, everybody's really good in the show. I think the I think the I almost kind of wish that they didn't have the um, people playing um, Tupac and Biggie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that might be my least favorite part of the show. But the investigative stuff as to like you know uh, the Josh Dumal character. There are three theories uh about who did it and basically their whole thing is like all these theories are true until like we prove them wrong so like this is what they're this is what they're kind of going okay down gotcha stuff like that, yeah you know and so um so it's really interesting to to sort of see and learn and like there's a lot of still a lot of stuff like i didn't know because they really just get into like 
cops and who is here and who is there and who confessed and all this other kind of stuff. So um, I dig it. I have like two episodes left, mm-hmm. you know, um, to watch. And uh, I mean, the last episode is called Unsolved. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and then after each episode is done, there is like text that comes on the screen that just says, even though these are all based on true events, like some of it's fictionalized, like the characters. And in the last 20 years, like there have been no arrests made. So there's a part of me that it kind of appreciates that that is at the end of each episode. Mm -hmm. Cause I feel like the show's like, Hey, if you don't continue, you can just sort of look this shit up yourself and make your own (laughs) claim. Like you don't really need to finish watching if you don't want to. (laughs) So like you kind of have an out, you know? Um, so, uh, so yeah, so I'm going to, I got to finish that up. Yeah. I've been digging that. Nice. Just like as a, as a drama, Uh (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's been pretty good. And what's kind of interesting is there's this uh, movie that Johnny Depp made called city of lies. Mm-hmm. which was, I think, already supposed to come out. Yeah. But it's uh, under... It's I remember not, hearing about this. Yeah. yeah. It's not out yet because there was like a... I think someone is suing... Someone from the crew is suing Johnny Depp because they claim that Johnny Depp like punched him in the face or something. That sounds right. Yeah, I think or that's whatever. where I read about this. But the movie is about the Biggie murder and Johnny Depp plays Russ Poole, that mm-hmm. police officer, you know? So And it's kind of interesting because I was just like... I was watching that guy, that actor, and I'm like... He, I feel like I've seen this mustache and this yeah. hairstyle before. <laughs> like, what is what is this? And I looked it up, and it's actually the the same story. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because <laughs> the guy ends up putting out like a like a tell all book about who he thinks, you know, is you know murdered. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, you know, Christopher Wallace. You know, Biggie and stuff. So gotcha. Um. So yeah, it was really interesting. Um. Let's see. This actor's name is. Drum roll, please. You're right. Jimmy Simpson. Woo! Jimmy Simpson. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, it's good. Uh, Josh Jamal's in it. Bokeem Woodbine. Um, yeah. Who else? Need to, speaking of Bokeem Woodbine, I got to watch that copy of Overlord I just bought. Oh, yeah. I still haven't watched mine yet. Yeah, no, I haven't either. I, well, I popped it in just to, I was, well, I'm selling my old 4K player since I got the region free one. Oh, yeah, so yeah, I yeah. So I had to, I, you know, did. I was taking photos to like put it up on eBay, mm-hmm. like right when Overlord came in. So I was like, "Well, I'll just pop this in." Yeah, you know, right. Just take photos that it like plays back and works, oh, gotcha, you know. Gotcha. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I caught like the first couple of minutes of it when I was doing that. Yeah. Bokeem Woodbine coming out, yeah. And just yeah, being the like you know drill sergeant or like staff sergeant or whatever. Right, right. It's awesome. <laughs> so good, so good. Uh, well, I've managed to um keep up with game of thrones really yeah i mean there's only wait me. i thought you did oh yeah you did yeah, yeah but yeah no i've been watching it it's been, been fucking it. abysmal for right, like several right. seasons but i don't know you know i i figured like all right final season i mean i've been watching it just out of obligation okay for the past at least couple seasons yeah yeah, yeah. it's just sort of like i knew they were coming you know i'd already invested like six fucking seasons yeah yeah, yeah. in this goddamn thing and um but you're current. You know then, what was going on. And everything, yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Okay. And, you know, so the past couple seasons, that like, I thought about just dropping it because I was yeah. like, I just don't fucking care anymore. I thought like, you had. That's yeah, I no, okay. I thought. But then when they announced that, like, oh, we're only doing, like, you know, eight seasons total. So right. I was like, okay, fuck. At least like, there's an end. I was like, yeah, okay, there's two more seasons left. You know, let me just trudge through these. And, yeah, yeah it's been a nightmare. But um, <laughs> this final season in particular is only six episodes. Okay. And how, how many episodes normally are, are there like 13 usually 12? 10 okay per okay. season right. yeah and um and then the past like three seasons there's basically been 
one episode of actual stuff and nine episodes of fucking god awful filler bullshit. Okay. Like, like episodes one through nine are like nothing happens, and then the tenth episode <laughs> is just like the episode made for Twitter to freak out about. And like ah. that's why this show is so popular, is All because right. they just do like the one episode where it's like every fucking plot twist imaginable is just crammed into this one thing. Like four <laughs> main characters get murdered. Yeah. You know, someone definitely gets raped because it's game of Thrones and we just, we don't know what to do other than threaten people with sexual violence. Got to have that in there. Yeah. And I mean, in all, you know, in all honesty too, like, uh, you know, in the past few seasons, it's people haven't even gotten raped. They've just been threatened with it. Hmm. Cause like they just do that all the time on this show because they got to maintain their, you know, grittiness. Yeah. And it's just like, you guys, at a certain point, this just feels like, you know, empty posturing, yeah. um, which is basically what the show has become. Mm. And uh, so anyway, so only having six episodes, I was like, okay, it's the final season. They got to wrap all this shit up. They only got six episodes. This is probably going to be like, you know, the opposite of like the past few seasons. Like it's, they've got to do a lot in every episode. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> they have how many have aired already two have aired okay. so the season's a third of the way over already yeah literally nothing has happened okay like literally the the second episode is so there's this giant like war that's about to happen yeah there's this like huge undead army that's coming from the north and like all almost all of the kingdoms of men have sort of like combined forces at this point and formed okay. a like tenuous truce yeah to fight because the, there's a bigger threat okay. you know than any okay. of our squabbling about you know this because these things will just kill all of us if yeah. we don't you know get our shit together so so like this is the, literally like the last season ended with like shit's going down okay. all right like because they've been talking like the the first scene of episode one uh-huh. of game of thrones is like these white walkers is what they're called like attacking somebody okay so like literally they've been precipitating this like battle and like showdown and war for the entire past seven seasons wow and so like the end of season seven is like all right the the undead army has like marched past the wall um they killed a dragon and brought it back from the dead. So now they have an undead dragon with them as well. I've heard about this and okay. all this yeah. shit. And like, you know, we're marching into season eight. Winter has come. <laughs> we are going to fight this war. And then like the first two episodes of this season have so far been like everybody at this castle. That's like getting ready for this war. Just talking. Yeah. Just hanging out. <laughs> I mean, the first episode was, was just, it was all the scenes of like, you know, people with a past, like accident, uh, like walking into the same room and being like, oh, hey, you, you <laughs> and then having like an awkward interact. It was just like the whole it, it was like the it's such an obligatory episode okay. of just like fan service of just like, oh, you never thought like these two people would be in a room together. Well, here we go. And yeah. it's just like nothing comes of it. Mm-hmm. It's just like we acknowledge that like they have a past. Yeah. And that's pretty much all that happened in the scene. And then like the big moment in the first episode was a character being told something that like the audience has known for two seasons. Okay. And, like he just didn't know it. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's gonna change some stuff that like he but at the same time you're like, really, like your big moment in this episode was like something the entire fucking audience has already known. Yeah. And like, you know, you're just planning on the payoff being seeing this one character go like What? What? Cuts of black. You mean I fucked my sister? <laughs> it's like, yeah, but everyone on the show fucks their sister, so it's yeah. like it's not really a problem. Yeah. 
Um, Incest is not a weird thing. Yeah, like, and then and then the second episode is literally the entire episode is just like the night before like the war is supposed to start. And, like, everybody just sitting in the castle, like, well, do you want to get drunk? They're like, no, we're about to fight a war. We shouldn't. And then some other person comes into the room that they don't want to see. And they're like, actually, you know what? I think I'll have that drink. And then they all end up getting chummy, you know? And, like, basically just talking about how, like, we all might die tomorrow. And it's like, well, if you'd fucking get to this war, like, maybe (laughs) we'd find out. You know? But you've wasted a third of your final season. Two fucking hours. Yeah of six that you have like literally doing nothing isn't the next one like a movie i don't know there were rumors that like all six episodes were going to be like feature length yeah um which they haven't the first two episodes but the first episode was like 51 minutes it was like shorter than an hour (laughs) and thank god for that because it was fucking abysmal like it was just (laughs) a chore to watch um and the second episode too was just the whole time you said it got to a point where like i i like tap to like see how far through the episode we were mm-hmm. and it was like like 30 minutes in the episode and i was like jesus christ this is going to be the whole fucking episode <laughs> and then and they even like they end the episode with like okay now it's like we see the castle in the distance and like in the foreground you know the like the white walkers come marching up but i'm like but that's how the last season fucking ended yeah right you know this gives me no hope that like this war is actually going to happen in the next episode yeah it's going to be like a fucking flashback episode or like we're going to go to a different part oh, of the world where the war's suck. not being fought yeah. you know and like let's catch up with these people and see what they're talking about while the world's about to fucking end because that's what we're interested in right Damn. it's just like it's so dumb and then like yeah they had this like musical interlude at the end that's supposed to be like this emotional thing we're like now we're seeing like you know just with no no audio, just over music, like cut away to like shots of all these characters as they're like getting ready for like their mm-hmm. final moments before battle and shit. And it's yeah. like Jesus fucking Christ, you guys. It's like blue. And they spent and the first episode of the season two, they they did all these like callbacks to like the first episode of the series, like episode oh. one, season one. Okay. Of like, you know, yeah, we're we're at this castle that was like a prominent position, some of these character interactions and all this stuff. And it was just another one of those like, you guys don't need this okay yeah. like fucking get to the story <laughs> like tell us the fucking story of what happens to all these people we've yeah. had we've had 70 hours of setup yeah literally 70 hours of setup for where we are at now and you're like yeah i think we need a couple more hours of setup and it's like you, you fucking don't like you really <laughs> fucking don't dude like this season so far i can say like the first two episodes could have just been erased yeah like so far, this is a you know at best this will turn out to be a season with four episodes of actual television. All right. So far, yeah, there's been two episodes of just like that was worthless. Yeah. So hmm. great. Like uh, yeah, I really I don't I don't understand what they're thinking. <laughs> That's and one of the. Things I wish I had just spent those two hours of my life watching a movie on Criterion Channel or something instead yeah. of watching these fucking two hours of game of thrones it's fun to watch all the all the tweets after that stuff happens you know like yeah just people going like so still waiting guys yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's kind of one of the things i uh to bring it back to avengers which is coming out this weekend mm-hmm. <laughs> um that's actually the kind of one of the things i really liked about infinity war was that like they gave you it wasn't like let's catch everybody up on all the characters it's like we don't really have the fucking time yeah so if you didn't commit to watching all these movies you will miss something and it's not our fault because we have a larger story to tell totally so we're just 
getting fucking to it. That's and, what really needed to happen. And here. every yeah. you know, every like all two and a half hours will be spent on this brand new story. So if you don't know something, like sorry, but yeah. There's 19 other movies. Yeah, that's like, a way better approach to it. It's yeah. like, you know, you, not everything needs to be like entry level compatible. Yeah, no. You know, like you're on your final season of this right, show. Exactly. It's season fucking eight. Right. I'm sorry. If you haven't spent the time to like, you know, actually watch everything up till now, then like you deserve to be lost. Yeah. You know, exactly. then just don't fucking watch the final season and expect to get everything. Yeah. You know, like that's just an idiotic assumption. Right. And I think a really stupid approach for like, you know, people to have as far as like create the creators of the show. Yeah. And the showrunners. And like, yeah, it's just, it's really obnoxious. It just, it feels like even more of a way. Like, I'm already just watching this out of obligation. And oh, the yeah. fact that you're not even giving me anything like remotely interesting. <laughs> like, this is a show known for like, you know, big, cruel plot twists and things like yeah. that. And it's like, you're not even giving me that. Right. And on top of it, they're starting, it's it's almost like, it's. I hate it too because it feels like they're angling towards a happy ending. Oh. And I don't, that is not Game of Thrones yeah, at all. Like, like, you know, that whole show has just been about like being as like cruel and manipulative as possible to the audience. Like, yeah. oh, you really like this guy, right? He's going to die in a horrible way (laughs) and like, you know, have his like entire family murdered in front of him beforehand, Mm -hmm. you know, or whatever. It's like what they do. But there's this one character in particular, uh, Theon. Um, He's actually Alfie Allen, the the guy who kills the dog in the first John Wick movie. Oh, okay, Um, Yes. Yes. yes, yes. Uh, So he's he's been on the show like since the beginning. And he has had like one of the sort of like cruelest storylines. Like he just got he just gets shit on. Okay. Like the entire show, he has just been shit on constantly. All right. And and now they're like they're trying to like give the first two episodes, they have like just tried to make him like the hero. Huh. Like he is getting this like really undeserved redemption right now. <laughs> and like being treated and, like all these people are like forgiving him for these like shitty things that he did in the past. They're like, oh, yeah, you just fucking murdered those kids and burned them and hung them from the castle walls. But it's cool now. Yeah, right. You know, like no big deal. Yeah, I'll trust you to protect me. You know, yeah. even though you've run from like 17 fights because you're a fucking coward Jeez. who literally had his dick cut off. And Ooh. um yeah, no, he, he spent, like, an entire season of the show just being, like, tortured in captivity. Wow. And, like, just completely broken apart as a person. Yeah. And, like, it was great, too. There was one part that was amazing because he, like, he escaped. Uh-huh. And then, but then it turned out that the entire escape was orchestrated by his captor just so that he could taste freedom oh, only to be captured again. That's kind of awesome. And bring him back. It was so good. Like, yeah. that was a real, you were like, oh, damn, he's getting away. And then it just all came around to, like, nope. Yeah. No, that was all, I let all of that happen. That's very, um, I saw the devil ish. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's awesome. But, um, you know, so there was a lot of, like, great stuff. And then now it's just, like, they're trying to make it. He's, like, the knight in shining armor now. And it's just, like, you guys, this is so fucking unbelievable. And, like, what a complete, just, you know, undeserved and, like, un, unwarranted about face for this character to have. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it just, they just continually seem to be underscoring the fact that, like, you know, the, the way this show should end, a proper, the only proper ending for this show is if everyone fucking dies. Like, that's that would be the only sensible thing to, like, thematically kind of wrap up this entire show is, like, there is nothing left. Everyone fucking destroyed themselves and lost the war because of their just greed and horrible base nature as humans. Yeah. Like, that's what the whole show has always been about. And then no like one's what the on books, the Iron Throne. Right, yeah. Or, like, yeah. you know, the fucking... 
undead like you know white walker king <laughs> takes over the throne that'd be cool like that would be, that'd be the, neat that would be an awesome ending yeah and like it would feel consistent with this show like yeah we're gonna destroy ourselves yeah that's what this show's always been about um and uh and i just i'm not getting the vibe from these first couple episodes that like that's where they're heading with it and like i hope you know hopefully this is just them trying to like make it seem like Oh, There's yeah. some hope so that they can completely like crush that. Yeah, but I don't know. I I just I don't know. I don't trust them that much anymore okay. as like storytellers. All right, because I trusted you know a big part of the disparity or the drop in quality was from like when they went off script. Okay, like they went to they got to a certain point where like the books didn't continue past you know a certain point. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And so and prior to that point, the TV show started diverging a bit because they knew we were they were going to get to a point where they had to like come up with their own story. Yeah. And um, and and from that point on, from like the first like three, maybe four seasons were like strictly the books, the books you okay. know, like, yeah, they had to edit some stuff out because the books are super long. Yeah. But um, but they were still following the plot and characterizations of the books. OK. And um, and they were, you know, and they were much better then. it was once they started to diverge from the books that like the show really took a plunge. And then like the later seasons where they're literally doing all their own thing. Yeah. Um, have been like really, really bad. Okay. And um, so, so yeah, you know, I just, I feel like all that, you know, interesting and, and, you know, that voice and that, that sensibility and point of view that made those first few seasons feel, you know, sort of like, like genuinely cruel. Uh-huh. Like they were coming from, you know, they were coming from a voice and like a, a mind that genuinely believed in the evil nature of man. And okay. that that and then that nature will always win out. Gotcha. Um, whereas you know the 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 showrunners feel like they don't really believe that. They're right. just they think it's good storytelling or they think it's a good series or they think it's cool. Yeah, yeah. And they're just trying to do that. Gotcha. And so it feels that way. Like mm-hmm. when you it feels like you know they're trying to inject cruelty into this thing instead of actually just being like Jesus Christ, these are horrible people. Yeah. You just you can feel more like the writers are just trying to come up with something to like one up something that happened in a previous season. Okay. Whereas like under Martin's direction, it just felt like a continual natural de-evolution yeah. <laughs> of humanity. Yeah. You know, like it was just really like being surgically like dissected and peeled apart, and mm-hmm. like every horrible thing that happened actually was precipitating a further decline. Okay. Rather than just trying to be like a twi- you know a tweetable moment. That then next season they have to have a more tweetable moment, yeah. you know, is is really what it feels like now. It's so interesting, like just that. I think that's. I mean, like I'm I'm kind of fascinated with it, but I'm also glad I'm not uh, a part of that. Yeah, it's a, a lot li- of wasted time. A little yeah. bit, you know what I mean? Like I I, I want to be. I think one of the, one of these days I probably like will, you know, when it's all said and done, I probably will hunker down and like, you know, give. Uh, give the old game of thrones a go you mm-hmm. know but it's only because i just i don't want to there's a certain sense of pride when someone's like oh do you watch game of thrones and i'm like i don't nope <laughs> my soul is pure yeah you know what i mean there's just like a, and not that i'm bashing anybody that does watch it and likes it it's mm. like great it's i mean there's tons of people who you know watch marvel movies and star wars movies that don't like them but mm-hmm. i do and i i find you know i'm on twitter yeah you know? right <laughs> so it's fine but um but yeah, I mean, just just I think it's those like uh, 
even when I have moments where, you know, like something happens in like a Marvel movie or a Star Wars movie or anything like I, uh, I don't even feel the need to like rush to Twitter and like have a comment about it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what kind of turns me off about the, you know, phenomenon that is Game of Thrones is that it is such like, oh my God, the episode just ended. Let's jump on the mics right now. And like, yeah. It's just get our opinion out there and it's like yeah that's cool it's fine i mean we, we kind of do the same thing here but it's like you know the show is made for social media yeah like it is i mean it is engineered around yeah. the social media reaction yeah and like that's the other thing that yeah has really bothered me about it, it seems like again like when the show first started that was just naturally what was happening right because the stories were so crazy mm-hmm and um you know people were just having the you know because it did it did so much to just subvert your expectations like constantly you know and like when you know sean bean gets killed off like you know nine episodes into the first season where you're like clearly this guy's the main character right and then he just gets his fucking head cut off yeah yeah and they do it brilliantly too because they really make it seem like you know his, his one of his daughters is in there and she's like starting to you know show inklings of being a badass Mm -hmm. and they make it seem like she might actually save him. Yeah. And instead she just ends up having a front row seat to her own father's beheading. Yeah. You know? (laughs) And like, that's how the episode ends. That was like a Holy fuck. Yeah. You know, kind of moment that was like, wow, they really, I mean, it was so brilliant too. Like in the, you know, just the way it was even used in the books because it was like, his character was such like the fantasy hero stereotype. Okay. He's just like, you know, he's the like, good man (laughs) just has a great moral center everybody respects him yeah he can hold his own in a fight he raises a really good family he like instills good values even though it's this like lawless place that they're living in where like everyone's a piece of shit yeah and like you know just greed and self-interest rule the world and yet he's this like bastion of like goodness yeah you know that comes from a real place and you just think like he's gonna be the knight in shining armor like good guy and they're just (laughs) like nope dead killed and it's just like you know it's like they're killing like the fantasy trope it's like they're not even killing the character they're like literally telling you as the reader like we are murdering everything you think you know about what a fantasy story is yeah right and that's what's so intriguing because now you're like holy shit i literally have no idea yeah what's gonna happen next or like what could happen right um and that show was really exciting but uh you know, and then again, like as they went, as the show, you know, gained steam and gained popularity and they had to go off book. Yeah. Um, you know, that seemed again to be sort of like the driving force behind what they were writing. Right. It was just like, how can we ensure that we're going to get as big of a reaction on Twitter? Yeah. You know, as we did for like the Red Wedding or for like Ned Stark's death or, you know, whatever these these other like big moments. Uh, um, Pedro Pascal's character getting killed off, uh-huh. um, you know, all that type of shit. So, so yeah, and you know they've just been writing for that rather than just like you know writing good stories. Yeah, <laughs> and then oh, That's and then in the dude the uh, the first episode of this final season, they literally did a fucking whole new world sequence, um, like Aladdin. Yeah. What? Yeah. What? Oh yeah. wait, riding with the dragons? dragons. Yeah. Oh, it I was did. Like, I did kind of. I watched a behind the scenes video. Oh my god, about dude. the first the making of the first episode. Yeah, and I saw some of the like the shooting of it. Dude, it looks so bad. <laughs> like, I mean, they because they had like oh they had Daenerys, uh, Amelia Clark's character. They had her ride a dragon a couple seasons ago, and like, and it was cool. Didn't look. Good. It didn't look. I mean, it was it was like 
you know, the luck dragon and never ending story. Like it looked, that looked better than <laughs> this. Yeah. Cause that was at least practical. So like, uh, but she okay, like, yeah. they show her like, she's like mounting a CGI thing. Yeah. You know, she's like, has to climb up its side and like throw her leg over a thing that doesn't exist. Yeah. 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 And lo and behold, it looks fucking horrible. <laughs> um, and then the shots of her flying around with like, you know, her like this, yeah. And the dragons, you know, going yeah, like they're trying to like move down. her body to like, you know, it just nah, nah. Yeah. Just don't don't do that anymore. <laughs> so I get, you know, kind of like Hellboy with this like, you know, fucking mouth tentacle spirit medium. Oh yeah. They doubled down on it. And they're like, guess what? This time we're gonna have two people riding dragons, because we got nice. two fucking dragons, motherfucker. Nice. And not only that, but like it, the sequence went on for like like way longer than it needed to as well. Yeah, it was like three minutes of just like helicopter shots with like dragons just painted <laughs> in, and then like you you would have thought that they were like shooting this for three D because they had like you know scenes it's like a wide and then they like fly right past the camera and yeah. shit, um, and then cut to you know he's all like. Jon Snow, Kit Harrington's character, he's all like unsure about flying on dragon, you know, and Amelia Clark, like she's like, oh, I'm a pro. And it's just all these shots of him on there, just kind of like, whoa, <laughs> you know. And then, a, you know, Daenerys looking back at him and just smirking and shaking her head and be like, oh, John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, it went on for like three minutes. And then they go to like the coldest, most remote place in the world to fuck. Cool. And it was like, yo, you guys, you guys, you left a castle. Like, castles are great places to fuck, <laughs> especially like clandestine, you know? Like, there's lots of rooms, hidden shit, you know? Yeah. You could have found, you know, there are closer places you could bang um, and not let people know, well, even though everybody knows. Isn't yeah. she like his aunt, right? With the reveal at the last one? Uh, sister. It's a sister. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. For some reason, I kept seeing aunt. Uh, may I don't know. I don't Some know. of the familial just, stuff it gets yeah. fucking wonky. They're related. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, they're related. Yeah, I thought they were related for a while now. It was the the reveal of who Jon Snow's father was has yeah. been like a super popular fan theory for like years and years. I think even from the books, like before the show, everyone oh, okay. was kind of like, "This guy's probably the son of this other guy," and and Ned Stark was lying about it because yeah. he's, he was a good man. Okay, you know, but. Um, so, yeah, which turned out to be the case. It was the it was also the only explanation that made any sense, you know, okay. of like anybody, unless it was just some like totally random person that nobody had ever heard yeah, of. Right? Yeah, was turned out to be like who his father was. Then uh -huh. like this was the only one that made any sense whatsoever. <laughs> so then they revealed it on the show, and it was like, okay, yeah, we all yeah. cool knew that. So yeah, so people have been speculating that. Gotcha. And again, it, when we found out even on the show who this person's, you know, who Jon Snow's father was. Uh -huh. It was like, yeah, we all knew as the audience, like, yeah, the relationship between him and Daenerys. Yeah. And so, yeah. Just another one of those things, again, like, you know, characters finding out stuff that we've already known for, like, you know, two years now. Cool. Yeah. It's just like, it's not the most interesting storytelling in the world, guys. Well, we have a summer ahead of us, Dorian. Yeah. Of trailers. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. We do. <laughs> to talk about all of them. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, what are some of the ones you're excited to talk about? What's coming out this summer? Uh, this summer, uh, we got Godzilla. Godzilla. Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm really excited for Detective Pikachu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I kind of want to talk about that trailer. Uh, I think that should be like next week's trailer because I think it comes out May 10th. Yeah, it's coming pretty soon. Yeah. Man, I got a, Ryan Reynolds' voice coming out of Pikachu. Just it does not work for me at all. All right, we'll, we'll it's all wrong. We'll yeah. save we'll save it for the. Save it for the episode. Yeah. Because I, I don't want to, like, you know, cut you off. And yeah. 
in a in a true you know Wayne Zimmer <laughs> rant. Um, no, yeah, uh, Detective Pikachu, um, Godzilla. Um, God, what are some of the other movies that come out? I looked it up the other day and uh, I couldn't I couldn't remember. It just sort of feels like after after you know Endgame, I'll just be like, yeah, you know, I'll finally be able to forward to yeah, yeah. Endgame is like I'm just I'm so ready. Yeah, I'm just ex- I'm chomping at the bit. Been waiting for this for a year. Yes, a year. Yeah, so excited. Been waiting a year to find out who's not actually dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think we don't necessarily need to get into it now, but maybe the, when the next time we record, and I'll give you my you know review of Endgame. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of wanted to have a conversation with you about how the Russos, the directors of the movie, how they've handled. Uh, um, you know, secrets getting out mm-hmm. and how they've, how they've gone so far as like directors to say like, we've shot stuff and put it in the trailer. That's not in the movie, like on mm-hmm. purpose, you know, cause I, I don't, I don't remember like any other, any other movie or movie series that like keeps secrets pretty well. Mm-hmm. And like, it's interesting contrasted with like the new star Wars trailer that came out. I feel like star Wars at this point, is just like, we're not even going to try and keep secrets anymore. Like yeah. we're just going to put them out there because we give up like mm-hmm. you know <laughs> twitter has beat us up we don't give a fuck anymore we're yeah. gonna stop you know doing they've even gone and said like after number nine comes out that star wars is taking a break from like theatrical stuff yeah. coming out you know so um yeah i kind of wanted to talk to you about like just movies maybe summer movies or blockbusters and just sort of this whole idea of like like secrets being kept and like what what directors and writers are doing to sort of like up the ante on that because Mm -hmm. i feel like at least these directors for marvel are like upping the ante on that yeah to the point where like when like some of the actors and stuff are like uh doing interviews and they're just like yeah i honestly don't know what happens like mark ruffalo said he actually shot a death scene for his character in infinity war Mm -hmm. he's like i had to go see the movie to see if i like actually was dead or not yeah i just didn't know oh that's hilarious yeah and so you know and he famously is the one that they pick on because like he there's been like he can't keep secrets like he always lets something slip out Mm -hmm. because people are always asking him so uh they yeah so um so it was interesting to to hear that he actually shot a death scene for hulk bruce banner and had to go see the movie to see if he survived or not (laughs) it's like it's awesome yeah so uh so yeah maybe on the next episode we can talk a little bit about that it's funny. It's yeah. I mean, it, uh, I I read this thing a while ago because for me it's like I've I just I don't even understand the appeal of spoilers because mm-hmm. for me it's like the experience of like watching the film or reading the thing and getting to that revelation is yeah. so much more the important thing than like whatever the plot is itself. Right. You know, to yeah. just tell you like, oh, you know, like Dumbledore dies or whatever. Right. You know, then it's kind of like, well, that. I mean, not only not only is that like lame that you know that now, but like that undercut like all of the context and like storytelling that like leads to that moment and makes that moment have impact. Right. You know, it's right. like that's what's interesting to me is mm-hmm. like, you know, more of the storytelling components that like lead to these plot twists and convey them rather than the plot twists themselves. Right. Whereas like so many people just want to hear like what happens. What yeah. Like exactly. what's the thing that happens? And it's like that's like the least even when people ask me like, you know, I recommend a movie and they're like, oh, what's it about? I'm like, do you, do you even really care? <laughs> I'm yeah, like, right. who gives a shit? Yeah, I'm telling yeah. you it's a good movie. Like just yeah. watch it. It's kind of like a couple of Who cares? Ago. There's you know there's five there's five stories in the world. Yeah. You know, like right. it's one of those five. Right. It's either Boy Meets Girl, Cops and Robbers, <laughs> fucking 
aliens. Uh, yeah, space invaders, you know, threat to the world, humanity destroying itself, or like, you know, love lost. Yeah. It's, you know, that's like, that's it. It's one of those. It's, yeah. yeah, just fucking, <laughs> either it's good or it's not, you know, right. but like, what, yeah, the details of like the storyline, I, I like don't really fucking care about it anymore, to mm-hmm. be honest. I'm, yeah, I'm like, I, you know, the, the what doesn't matter. It's the how, you know, right. or you, if you do it well, like, you know, it was like my I was telling my mom about Drag Across Concrete the other night. Oh, okay. Yeah. And she was like, oh, what's it about? And I was like, <laughs> cops that end up on the wrong side of the law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I'm sorry, that sounds horribly lame, but right. that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that's just, that isn't like none of that, unless you have like some crazy high concept thing, like, yeah. you know. In the future, rival gang wars are fought with, you know, battles of dance, dance, revolution. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. You got. I don't, yeah. yeah. I'm glad I know what that's about. That right. sounds fantastic. But, <laughs> you know, for the most part, I just I don't really give a shit. But it was funny because I read a story or a, an article. Uh, this was like three, four years ago now uh-huh. about spoilers. Oh, a study that that some group did. Uh, I don't remember if it was like Harvard or like where it was, but they were talking about like why people um, or the effect that spoilers have on people. Okay, and there's actually a lot of people like when they're told who yeah okay um, or people who like seek out spoilers and stuff like that that want to know like prior to going to see the thing yeah or like you know people who read the last page of a book yeah you know before they decide if they want to read it or not Uh is that apparently there are a lot of people who at least through these studies that they found actually their enjoyment is increased as a result of knowing what's going to happen because they don't feel anxiety over what is going to happen that they already know, like either this is going to have a happy outcome or it will not have a happy outcome. And that like knowing that will allow them to just like enjoy the story Mm -hmm. rather than like sit there trying to like, you know, wrapped up emotionally in like what is going to happen. They can just sort of like enjoy the experience of what actually happens. Yeah. And I'm like, it's just so funny to me because as I was just saying, like that is the experience I get not knowing. Right. But there's apparently people have like such high anxiety mm-hmm. over like emotionally, like if they get wrapped up in a story, like, Oh my God, are they going to be okay? Like, yeah, you know, all right. this type of shit that like not knowing gets them, you know, it makes them so anxious that they can't really enjoy it because they're just like wound up the whole time. Right. And but if they know like oh, okay I know how it's gonna end like you know so and so is gonna be okay then it's like they can be imperiled and they can enjoy the storytelling of them being imperiled huh. because they already know it'll be okay. That's interesting. And I'm like, don't you just assume that with every movie though that like they're going to be okay because okay, yeah. it's a movie, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> or especially with like you know comic book movies in particular, I'm like, there's they all have sequels lined up. We're good. They will be okay. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like don't worry, guys. Black Panther's not actually dead, okay? Like, um, you know, you can just you can look at like box office tallies to determine like who's gonna die or not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, right, right, right. But um, but yeah, no, it was really fascinating to read to me that I was like, I thought you know, in a lot of ways like that would kill your enjoyment of the movie is like yeah. knowing what's going to happen. But apparently, there's a lot of people who honestly feel like they will enjoy the movie more if they know what happens because they won't be worried about what's going to happen. Which to me is just like so fucking asinine. I don't know. I like, don't, don't you want to be surprised? I don't like, think I could have. Uh, I don't think I could have enjoyed Infinity War knowing that the movie ends with Thanos doing what he said he wanted to do at the beginning of the movie, and him 
sitting on a planet looking at a sunset smiling mm-hmm. and then cut to black yeah it's like at least for the superhero genre and all those stories like it's a ballsy fucking move yeah to just be like yeah they all lost and the bad guy won mm-hmm. you know for now yeah but <laughs> i was like didn't expect it at all you know so yeah it's weird i have a coworker who she doesn't go to the movies a lot but if she hears like a movie being talked about a lot she'll just uh she'll just look it up on wikipedia okay <laughs> and and read what it's all read the entire thing there uh-huh. because she just wants to be in the know like that's it so but uh wants yeah to be part of the conversation yeah pretty much that's about it yeah so but uh but yeah man that's that's pretty much all i've been watching yeah lately yeah i think that's all that's all i got as well yeah can be oh and pff, i can't believe i forgot john wick three Oh, well, yeah, of course. Red, fucking ready for that. Yeah. <laughs> ready. Ready. Hell yeah. So excited. And we got Beats of Rage this weekend. Beats of Rage this yep. weekend. This I, is a packed fucking weekend. Yeah, you know, I know. Avengers Endgame and Beats of Rage. That's, two sequels you've been dude, clamoring for yes. for <laughs> some time. Yeah. It's going to uh, be a good one. Yeah, I'm going to just, yeah. I'm just really happy. I got Monday off. just going to recoup. Yeah. I'm gonna definitely. I'm gonna try to make it over to the Davis as much as possible this weekend for Windy City Horrorama. Try I know. I'm things. like, I was looking at. Did you Velocipaster, dude? Well, I was. I when I went to the. Um, did you watch the trailer? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. The uh, when I went to their announcement party of the whole thing, I oh. was looking through the cat and I saw the yeah. I saw Velocipaster and I went over to Alex. I was like, please tell me this is exactly what I think it is, and he just looked at me and he's like, it's exactly what you think it is. <sighs> and I was like, awesome, and he was like, it's great. <laughs> 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 I'm like depending on how me Tyler and Jeremy feel coming out of Avengers I'm going to be like guys at midnight this midnight movie show, plays yep. it's going to be shittier for me because I'm going to see Avengers at 11 the next day uh-huh. but I'm down <laughs> yeah I say do it yeah um, alright everybody I think that's I think that's it for this episode yeah uh, that's all I got next week we'll be back with another episode I think hopefully Pikachu Detective Pikachu <laughs> Um, I think we could do Detective Pikachu. Let's do Detective Pikachu next yeah. week because I definitely want to talk about that. All right. Um, uh, yeah. If you uh, want to reach out to us, social media, Facebook, The Couch, Instagram, and Twitter is uh, Guys on Couch, and email us at guysonthecouch at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Do it. Y'all haven't been doing it, so fucking do it. I know. Yeah. Hit we're, us still up. Getting, we're still getting a lot of listens you know, since we haven't been. You know, it's a little up and down, but yeah, dragged across concrete right now is up up top. Yeah, yeah, forty plus. Yeah, w- nearly fifty. We're like Whoa. forty-eight, forty-nine. So we're like fifty minus. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, exactly. We're close enough that we can call it fifty minus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So there it I is. like it. But uh, but yeah, um, Avengers. I'm excited. That's what I'm leaving with. Yeah, Bobby's pumped. I'm pumped for Beats of Rage. We both got a lot to for- look forward to this weekend. It's gonna be good. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thank you all.